All right, what is up, folks? Welcome back to another episode of Lifting, Running, and Living with, as always, your favorite coaches, Kelly. Hello. Hey, and JK. That's me. All right. <laughs> Kicking off episode number 13. So, as always, let's start off with a few updates. So, Kelly, you want to kick it off and let us know what's up with you? Yeah. I don't have terribly many updates. It's quite boring over here lately, but... Way to set the stage. <laughs> cool. All right. That's probably a lie. There's probably a lot of updates I could give. Um, so update on the foot. It's slowly getting better. I had two, th- almost three pain-free runs last week. Run walks, actually. Not- Hooray. Yeah, hooray. <laughs> I was going to get an MRI yesterday, but I pushed it to next week in the hopes that I won't need to get it. So, ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because, long story short, the pain has kind of moved and it's more localized. So, my PT said it could be the start of a stress reaction. But even if that was the case, unless it was a full fracture, it wouldn't change how we proceed. So, the MRI would be like a nice to have for my peace of mind, but it not necessary fully, you know? Uh, okay. But I ran this morning and it felt good. I did 15 minutes running, one minute walking, and then another 15 minutes of no pain running. Okay. Hey. Yeah. That sounds like that sounds like progress though. Yeah, it is. Because before, uh, I guess two weeks ago, I did like 15, 10, 10 with three minutes of walking in between. Okay. And at the end of that one, my foot was kind of annoyed. And then it like lingered for a day. And that's when I started to get worried again because it had been progressing in a somewhat linear manner. And then that felt like a regression. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. And then all last week I did 10 minute intervals or less to keep it having some running, but not to the point of where it would be hurting well sounds sounds like some progress from from what yeah. i can gauge that definitely sounds like progress so that's good well i'm happy to to hear that you're experiencing <laughs> some progress there so um, i think you i think you had talked about this a, a little bit or you had posted something about really kind of like the mental aspect of what you're you're working through did you want to kind of include that in your update too like how you're processing what you love right now and what you absolutely are kind of frustrated by right now. I think I read something like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm frustrated I can't run how I want to run. Yeah. Uh, I have a 5K in mid-January, so like if I had it my way, I would be doing a 5K training block right now and getting in quality speed workouts and bigger mileage, but that is not in the cards yet. Yeah. But we still have like seven weeks until that race. So I'm hopeful I'll get in some speed. So that's really frustrating. And just like, I don't like the bike or the elliptical. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're just so part of it is because my bike is indoors. Great for convenience. Not great for boredom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The road to nowhere is what what yeah. I've heard it called before. Uh, and then the elliptical at the gym faces a wall, <laughs> which is like oh my even worse. Yeah, because at least like my bike here, 
it's facing out the window. Not that yeah. there's anything going on in our cul-de-sac, but <laughs> you know, on the off chance there is, I can actually see something. You can but, be yeah. on HOA duty while you're on there. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. legit. So what do you what do you do? Uh, what do you do to keep yourself entertained if you're on a stationary piece of equipment? Oh, I watch something. So I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately. Okay. Um, when Selling Sunset, the new season came out, I was watching that, which actually I sat on the bike for an hour because I made a deal <laughs> with myself that I had to like do something. I was watching it on the couch as one does. And then I was uh -huh. like, I can't sit here all afternoon. I have to go bike. And I was like, okay, I can watch two episodes though. <laughs> and that's yeah. a long bike. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. that's that's a nice that's a nice piece, at least to to have some some further progress on, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, what else yeah. is going on with you? Um, I've been lifting three times a week successfully. Oh, okay. I know. So that's I a, feel that's like I'm increase. in the habit now. Yeah, that's a pickup from. I know a couple of episodes we talked about it. You were you were sitting at about two. Yeah. So last then, episode we talked, I was doing three, and then yeah. the week we were recording, my gym shut down and didn't tell anyone. <laughs> That's right. Yep, that is right. Are they closed to the public because there was a competition going on? Uh, but since then, I've been back to three days. And how's nice. how's that going? It's going pretty well. It helps me get in my elliptical too because I do my lift and then I just hop on the elliptical right after. So then it's... Also three, two or three days of elliptical, depending, which is nice to supplement the running. It's got to yeah. be nice, too, because then you have more of a momentum thing, like you're already there mm -hmm. and lifting, so might as well. Yeah. Might as well just knock it out then. Yeah. And I do those on a day when I'm not running. So then it's like, because usually on my run walk days, I've been adding in a double with a bike just to get a little more aerobic volume. Mm -hmm. But then, or even if I did like the run on the day of a lift, I would separate them. So then it's like, it doesn't take up more time in the day, but it feels like it takes up more time in the day. If <laughs> <That's laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah, like having a morning and then an afternoon thing. So the lift right into the elliptical, it's like everything's done in the morning, which is nice. Yeah, knock it out. Mm-hmm. That's um. You should you should now turn that into like realistic morning routine for ultra runners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my morning routine is realistic for some people, though. That's um. I'm I not, mean, I'm not sure if else? you've yeah. I'm not sure if you've met me before. I do tend to drip some sarcasm every now and then. <laughs> once in a once in a hot minute every now. And then. <laughs> so I. Uh, yeah, I it just brought to mind like those those YouTube videos that sometimes you'll see where it's not just morning routine, it's le realistic morning routine. Like I'm starting mm. to see some where realistic is in the title. So I'm always <laughs> like, "Oh, well that's that's fantastic." And then it'll be what what always cracks me up is the video of the person waking up. Waking up? And the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm like, "Dang, <laughs> what a like that's like that, that's kind of a hassle that you, you have to wake up and then go back and pretend like you're waking up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although I guess if you have a partner or roommate, you could maybe convince them to wake up first, set up the camera. 
but I highly doubt that's what happens. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's what's happening in those scenarios. No. <laughs> I definitely don't think that's what's happening in, in those particular <laughs> scenarios. It's like the it's like the bad um the bad reality show or something that was like badly produced where they're filming from the inside of a room that a person walks into. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like yeah. they get the view of the person walking into the room and it's so uh-huh. somehow was a shock that the person walked in or whatever. And I'm like, oh, so there just <laughs> happened to be a camera person inside that room when they walked in. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, yeah, that, that just always reminds me of that. So, hey, if you're ever looking for a content idea, realistic morning routine for ultra runners. Have you um, seen uh, the one of the guy who goes shopping at Target? that everyone has been making fun of. It might be a TikTok thing, know. not an Instagram thing. Oh, okay. What is it's, it? I, <laughs> it's not ringing a bell at the moment. He takes you through his entire Target shopping trip, but it's like thinking about how he got to or how he had to capture all the footage is like he oh. has a picture of him pulling out of his driveway <laughs> and like <laughs> parking in the Target spot and getting out of the car <laughs> and walking into Target. <laughs> I have not, you know what? I haven't seen that, and that is, uh, I haven't seen it. If you if you send it to me, I'll take a look at it. Okay, yeah. All not, the comments I mean, are like, imagine, now, <laughs> imagine parking at Target, getting out, setting up your camera, <laughs> backing out, and then parking again. Exactly. Exactly. That is exactly what I'm talking about. And then, what do you do yeah. if somebody takes your spot? Yeah. The spot or, you were going to pull your back camera. into. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Yeah, that's just I would a re- just be too embarrassed. Honestly. Speaking of people taking stuff, I I randomly <laughs> I randomly one time decided to do a this like f- one mile farmer carry thing oh. at this yeah. Okay. So I was at I was at um it was back when I worked out at a, a different gym. I did this one mile farmer carry, and there was a gas station like down the street from the gym, but I was mm-hmm. doing the farmer carry with a trap bar. So it was like a trap bar and then 245. So it was a one mile farmer carry at 135, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And I really had to go to the bathroom, oh, like no. really bad. And it's wide, o- it's wide open. So there's no like tree to go behind or anything like that. So the only thing I could think of was, well, I'm either going to like expose myself in public here because mm-hmm. I'm like, where am I supposed to go? I have this trap bar. Like, what am I supposed to do with this thing? <laughs> so so the bat, the gas station was there. So I'm like, that's perfect. But mm-hmm. the gas station bathroom was inside, like most normal gas stations. And I was like, man, it'd be kind of weird if I just bring this tra- trap bar into <laughs> the gas station bathroom. So I left it outside and uh-huh. went to the bathroom. And I come out and this guy is loading the trap bar into his car. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he's loading it into his car. So I obviously had a conversation with him. Yeah. And he went ahead and decided to pull it back out. But he was like, yo, I thought somebody just dumped this thing here. I was I was like, man, That's I fair. just got a score. Yeah. Cause at first I was like, what are you doing, man? Like what who just picks up who just picks up <laughs> weights that are there? He's like, I don't know. You you could have decided to dump it. But it was on the sidewalk. It wasn't near the dumpster or anything like that. He's like, I okay. don't know, could have fell out of your car. I was like, all right, man. I think it's funny how yeah. you think this person who would take this is the weird one when you're the one walking around to a gas station with a trap bar. I was with down weight. the street from a gym. <laughs> I was working out. 
that's still not I, normal. I, I didn't say. I you know what? You do have a point there. Yeah, you do have a point. Like I'm like he's the weird one. Like I'm walking a mile with a trap bar, and he's the weird one for. I, for thinking uh, someone left it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's not the first thing that would come to mind for me if I pulled up yeah. to a gas station and on the sidewalk near the gas station, there's a fully loaded bar, like barbell was sitting there. <laughs> I wouldn't immediately think to myself, oh, somebody dropped this by mistake or yeah. somebody's trying to get rid of this. <laughs> I guess I also wouldn't think, oh, somebody's probably carrying this and needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. I would have taken it inside. Yeah. I, in hindsight, I will now do that if I ever decide to do that again. <laughs> However, I don't think I, yeah, I don't think that I'm going to do that again anytime soon. Although the gym That's I go fair. to now is right down the street from a gas station also. Go figure. Yeah. So you could do it again. Yeah, I could. All right. Did not intend to hijack your, uh, <laughs> your thing. That just reminded me when you told the whole story about that. Yeah. All right. Remember that part about how I said I was going to stick to the topic? Yeah. All right. I mean, it's less fun if you stick to what we think we're going to talk about. Well, thank you for enabling my my behavior. <laughs> I appreciate it. We can have the listeners weigh in. I think they appreciate the tangents. That would, you know, that would be an interesting <laughs> poll if you could like cut this up and make it into a reel. Like who's, who's stranger, the guy who was going to steal <laughs> the weight or JK for doing a one mile farmer walk? Yeah. I mean, I can make that poll. I you can the, also, I think when the post be on my side. I can add it as a poll. You know, when you post it to Spotify, the episode, mm -hmm. you can make oh, a yeah. poll now. So well, that's true. I think, I, I think it'd be, it would be a landslide. For you being the weird one? Not at all. The other way around. <laughs> yeah. There's a podcast I listen to that uh, has this segment called Fair or Foul, where oh. it's like, hey, you know, what'll happen is one of the guys will say like, hey, let me let me like tell you about this situation. And here's how I reacted. Was my reaction fair or would you say it was foul? Like I, so I had no right to be upset. It's the am I the asshole from Reddit thing. That is, I was not aware that that was a thing. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, I, mm -mm. I see a lot of those on TikTok of like podcasters reading certain ones and then giving oh. their two cents. Yeah, I um, I wasn't aware of that particular corner of Reddit. I don't spend a lot of time on Reddit at all. I only knew, I knew it from seeing the clips on TikTok, and then I was like, "Is this a thing?" Apparently, it is a thing. So, <laughs> makes sense. I like fair yeah. or foul. Yeah, it but. removes the curse word, at least. Well, yeah, that that too. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I I have zero judgment for those who decide to curse. Not not at all. None whatsoever. I just, I think for me, well, now we're going out way, like way off. <laughs> I usually don't want to give, like if I'm in, a, I'm in an argument with somebody, like an actual argument, I think it starts to invalidate like the the strength of my argument. I can see I think that. Is, is yeah, I think that's that's like part of it. I also don't yell like race. I feel like it like, would be terrifying if you did yell. Mm, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's been. I can't. Man, I can't remember the last time I yelled. Like really, I may. I may raise my just naturally raise my voice. I think that's pretty common for just about most people. 
Mm-hmm. But even even with that, I try to keep the same tone. If anything, I try to like bring things down a little bit. How would you differentiate raising your voice versus yelling? Uh, the volume. So the volume naturally increasing. So raising my voice would be the volume increasing based on like just getting excited or getting emotional, like worked up about something versus mm-hmm. I am purposely increasing the volume so that I can because I think that's going to get my point across, air quote, get my Mm. point across better. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's how I would, that's how I would differentiate it. Yeah. I don't know. I also don't get into that. I know of, I don't think I'd get into a lot of arguments. (laughs) This is back to the mental energy thing. I'm not willing to put them. No, not a lot, not a lot of arguments when I do. It's, I usually, I'm not going to back down though. Yeah. Pick and choose my moments. (laughs) All right. So circling back. Back to updates. To the updates. Um, My last update. Our group runs have been very successful. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And Joy and Claire attended on Sunday. I saw that. That's awesome. I know. It was one of my prized accomplishments getting Claire to come to a run. I know for somebody who previously did not identify as a runner previously, I think she's from my perspective. I think that's, that's in the past now. Yeah. I feel like she identifies more as a runner. Ow. Sorry. Pumpkin's here. He's circling my feet. I'm I trying can, to get him. I could, I could off. hear, I could hear him. Yes. Yeah. Stop trilling and just hop in my lap. <laughs> so yeah. And I posted on threads about how, a group run that says all pace is welcome but has no plan for someone to run slower than 10 minute mile pace isn't (laughs) welcoming to all paces and Mm. it's blown up like the number of responses and that i've gotten like i've had this experience and it's just like wild i wasn't sure if it happened as much outside of boulder because like boulder Uh is a specific bubble of you know elite sub-elite athletes you've mentioned that yeah but yeah, like these people are all over the world. So that's kind of cool. So I'm not cool that they have that experience. Cool that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> kind of like the, feeling a need. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the double edged sword, right? Like the, on the mm-hmm. one hand, you're like, hey, I'm super, I'm glad to know I'm not alone. Yeah. Or glad to know that this isn't just some random thing that only maybe me and three people have experienced. So there's Mm -hmm. some sort of like camaraderie there. And also you're like disappointed to know that this is actually much more common than you would think, at least from the responses that you're getting. So what is uh, in reference to that when you say like there's no plan for people that run a 10 minute plus pace? Mm-hmm. Would 10 plus, 10 plus would be how you'd reference it if somebody's going slower than 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so what kind of plan do you put in place to ensure that that doesn't happen? Uh, so with our group runs, it's since I've been run walking, that's been convenient because I just join, I lead, join the run walkers and we uh-huh. like, by nature of run walking, you do a slower pace. But I feel like it's the responsibility of the leader to either like slow down themselves 
to whoever is the slowest to make sure no one gets dropped. If you're yeah. advertising your group run in such a manner that people feel like right. they won't be dropped. That makes sense. Um, or like designate someone to lead a slower pace group. Yeah. Or like if you don't want to run slow, then just say what paces your group actually runs and then people who fall outside of that won't attend. But like the issue is when people are like, all paces welcome, everyone welcome. This is an inclusive run. And it's like inclusive if you can keep up is the <laughs> undertone, <laughs> you know? Inclusive with many disclaimers. Yeah. It's like yeah. all the it's like the comma, like almost inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly inclusive. From from your from your point of view, mm-hmm. so that's that's the disclaimer that will hopefully get you out of the target of anybody who's going to get their boxer briefs all in a bunch here. Do you think that places where this is occurring, so this issue is occurring, do you think that it's ignorance, like just not being aware that they're not being inclusive or something other than that? Um, I would say the majority would be ignorance. Okay. Speaking from my experience. So like the one group run I went to where like I was helping lead the slower paces. Pumpkin's going to town. Good <laughs> lord. We can't have cords okay. around him. Sorry. Um, okay. But before I volunteered to help with the slower pace groups, like that wasn't a thing. And mm. to my knowledge, obviously I don't have all the details. The leaders, what they weren't even aware that the back of the pack was having a bad experience until – Someone called them out on Instagram in stories publicly. Um, oh. So that's why I say ignorance. And that could just be like a boulder bubble thing. Because like most people, not most people, most people that attend group runs are the faster runners. So mm-hmm. like if you're not even thinking about people that run slower because they don't typically show up. I mean, it's like yeah. a cycle, right? Yeah. You don't think about them. They don't show up because they'd be dropped. So then you don't realize it's a problem because they don't show up. <laughs> They're not going to show up. But yeah, I mean, this, I this legit, this legit could could transfer to so many different types of activities, you know? Yeah. Because I I begin to think also, it, even in that example that you're talking about, where this place, you know, any place, you don't know until you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So say I attend. I attend a group run that says it's inclusive of all paces. And that's usually, is that usually the language that will be there? Inclusive of all places, of of all paces or all paces welcome, right? All paces welcome is the most common thing I've seen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I could, I could for sure see myself showing up to something that says all paces welcome and going through that particular experience where Mm -hmm. I'm the last person. And then here's the wrinkle. I wouldn't necessarily know that my experience was supposed to be any different until I went to one of your runs where mm-hmm. there was somebody who was in the, let's say, back of the pack, like somebody who was a, a co like coach or leader or something who was in the back of the pack to be there with me. Because mm-hmm. I, I could easily see myself showing up to something and thinking that all paces welcome just meant like, Hey, we won't make you we won't do something to purposely make you feel bad versus 
we will ensure that you have somebody who's with you. You know what I mean? Mm. Does that make sense? Well, I kind of feel like being dropped at a group run maybe isn't purposefully making me feel bad, but it's making me feel bad. What's and what is what is drop? What's your definition of dropped? Like the rest of the group runs away from you. Like you're running alone essentially on a group run, which like okay. for most people defeats the purpose of going to a group run. <laughs> yeah, you be. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm just. I think about. So I think about going into a. I don't know if this is a great example. However, it's the first thing that I thought of. I thought about when CrossFit was my primary my primary form of training. So it was more like 70% CrossFit, 30% bodybuilding right around there. Mm-hmm. And what I would often do is when I would travel and I was traveling quite a bit at that time, I would just drop into CrossFit boxes. Uh, it was like yeah. something, one of my favorite things to do. Uh, Cause you also got a, a t-shirt with your drop-in fee. So I collected oh. cross t-shirts from like all over the place and CrossFit boxes have bomb t-shirts. They're legit all the time. <laughs> so I typically knew that most places that I went into, I was going to be near the bottom finishers. Like that's just how, that's how I handle CrossFit. That's how I always have. Even when I would be at my home box for most workouts that were more than eight minutes, I was probably going to be near the bottom or last or whatnot. And that never bothered me. Like I leaderboard Mm -hmm. stuff didn't matter to me. And I, and I also felt like it was a very, I remember going, let me, I'll, I'll get to my point. So I remember <laughs> dropping it at a box before, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember finishing, uh, when it happens at my box, when I was there, what would happen is everybody, you know, they'd kind of cheer you on to finish up or whatnot, like that sort of a thing. So mm-hmm. that was the experience that I had. JK is probably going to be, third to last, second to last, maybe last, whatever it might be. But the the culture of the building was you, you know, you still cheer people on until they're done. Okay, yeah. cool. I remember dropping in at a CrossFit box and some people kept cheering me on. Other people were not. They were starting to clean up and the coach came over to that person and I could tell that basically the way that they were like talking to them was basically just like, oh, hey, hang tight. Like we don't clean up Mm -hmm. until the last person is done. Like you don't unrack your weights. Like you don't do stuff like that. So I, I guess that's something that comes to mind for me as far as like you're, you're being, if you're feeling like, okay, well I'm holding people up or I'm the person lagging behind, like that sort of a thing. That's the Mm -hmm. closest experience I can think of. But I think when it comes to running, from my perspective, I don't know that I expect them to – I guess what I expect as a a non-experienced runner would be if Mm -hmm. I went to a group run, that it's not necessarily that they wouldn't, like, leave me behind. And I don't know that I'd be like, you know, all of a sudden I can't see them anymore. (laughs) Like, they've gone that far out. But what I would – Okay. See, I was yeah. picturing a scenario where like, okay, maybe it's a few more minutes before I get to the place, but I'm not like so far behind. You're saying like, it's a legit, like 
you get back to the place and everybody's gone and they're waiting to turn like lock the place up <laughs> until you get back. Uh, Maybe well, not that drastic. So but. the one I went to, like the majority of people ran like eight to eight thirty minute pace, and we ran like okay. from um, a cafe in Boulder to the Boulder Creek Path, and pretty much once we got to the Boulder Creek Path, we never saw the leader lead pack majority of them until we didn't out and back until they turned around and the thing that bothered me the most wasn't that we were dropped because like i was leading the slower paces so we expected that yeah (laughs) like yeah my job was to not drop anyone um was once they looped back no one like acknowledged us even though then we were together and then we get back and like Everyone's basically like talking within their clicks, it felt like. So gotcha. that was my main issue. Like some people don't they aren't bothered by getting dropped, but from the responses on threads, they'd be bothered that like people would get back before them and then they'd leave because their run's done. So then it's like why join a group if when I get back everyone's already gone? You know, like then there's like n- really no point unless you just want someone to make a route for you to run. Yeah, so it's, it's, so it but, essentially takes the group out of the group run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but a lot of people are bothered by being dropped because, like, I mean, running you can do it wherever by yourself. Mm-hmm. So usually, if you're seeking out a group run, it's for like meeting new running friends or just running with people. That's really okay. That's I, I like that. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. And for the record, I don't think every group needs to be inclusive of everyone. <laughs> so like Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think yeah, from my perspective, you're not even trouble. saying that though. Well, I, don't even think I feel you're like that's saying that. what people think they need to be. Like a lot of groups that aren't actually welcoming to all paces. I think they feel like they need to say that, but they don't actually you know, how their group plays out, that's not how it is. Versus being like we're a group for those who run faster than nine minute pace. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so it's like our group. We say we're for 10 minutes or slower. If the faster people want to come, they can, but they mm-hmm. have to have the understanding that if they run faster, they'll be running alone. <laughs> you know? Like you, you do you, man. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. this group is not made for them. They can attend if they want to slow down and hang out with people. Um, or like go on their own run, hang out with us afterwards because we do yeah. tend to hang around until everyone's finished. But like, yeah, like not every group run needs to be for the seven minute runner and the 15 minute runner. That totally they, makes sense. Yeah. But if you say that you are, then you need to be. Right. Okay. Yeah. I Yeah. Well, the more, yeah, the more I process this and like the the perspective that you share, the more that I think uh, I think that folks may or places may use the all paces welcome language without any understanding or back to your post without an actual plan, like what mm-hmm. the, what that means. So perhaps what would uh, I think hopefully folks that are listening are taking like what you're talking about and then my my piece is very much like advocate for yourself. So can you contact the place ahead of time and say, mm-hmm. hey, interested in going to that particular run? Saw that it said all paces welcome. Uh, is What kind of system do you have in place 
to ensure that no one gets left behind or no one gets dropped or, you know, like that sort of a thing. I think that's, uh, because I I always like to try and put something in the hands of the person too, Mm -hmm. who's attending. Because also if you have a poor experience and then you didn't let them know that you felt that way, they don't know. Yeah, that's true. Like in, in, um, I remember talking to some folks when we were doing like sales training at a particular store. And it was when we were having this conversation in the retail world, we were having this conversation about like customer satisfaction and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And this store was like super, super pumped about their like customer satisfaction score. Mm -hmm. Although their numbers were like not good, like their sales numbers weren't good at all like not in the least bit and the store didn't look good at all but they were like hey but our customer surveys are are fantastic so i don't know what the issue is and as we sat down and really started to look at it i was like well hmm like you're not in a very large town so are you consistently seeing the same people I'm like hmm no not really and i'm like well it seems a bit odd just because most stores have regulars because mm-hmm. it was a it was a clothing store, so I was like, you okay. know, at many of the buildings that I visit. Because what I used to do is like travel around and help with like stores and turning around stores and stuff like that. And I was like, well, in a lot of the buildings that are in like markets like this, where it's not a huge market, you tend to see like the same people pretty regularly. Like when a new line comes out, they'll always come in. You have like clients you can call to come in and different things like that. And I was like, I think part of your issue may be that when people have a poor experience, they don't tell you, they just don't come back. Mm. Like they're just, so you're not actually getting the feedback about what's, about what's bothering them or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I was like that. And and then when, when we followed up like some time later where they actually then started asking people, like as they were shopping, you know, people would shop and things like that. And they're like, Hey, you know, haven't seen you, haven't seen you shop here before. What brought you in and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, you know, if there's something we could do to improve, definitely let us know, like that sort of a thing. They, mm-hmm. they totally noticed this difference. So I just say all that to say, if you don't know, you don't know. So I, yeah. I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with also just providing feedback to the place. Cause I think also that can be one of the things from an internet standpoint, people are super comfortable chiming in to complain about yeah. stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're all of a sudden <laughs> and it's like wait hold on like did you did you give them an opportunity to fix it like say if that happened mm-hmm. and you contact the you know the owner or the coach or something like that just to say like hey you know I just wanted to give you some feedback about my experience and then mm-hmm. they just tell you to piss off or something like that then yeah <laughs> let them have it go for it like it's well deserved they they just earned that yeah so i think I don't know. That that's that's my my one one and a half cents too. <laughs> so, I don't know. Especially if you you like think that a good percentage Me? of yeah, you, Kelly, think that a good percentage <laughs> of where the issue may be might be from ignorance. Like some people because maybe they think inclusive like they might think inclusive is just a catchphrase. Like they're supposed yeah. to say that. Yeah, that's my hunch. I don't know for certain. And obviously, I have a very small sample size. Yeah. I I would tend to think you might be right, though. 
Yeah, I feel like especially like in this day and age. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving. I'm I'm not necessarily intending to say like, hey, go benefit of the doubt. My thing is like, hey, if you had a bad experience, let them know that you had a bad yeah. experience. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, those are all my updates. Cool updates. What's up yeah. with you? Uh, let's see. I had I had a couple of things I jotted down. So first, what's front of mind is I am nearing the end of this fat loss phase that I entered. Uh, I believe it was beginning of August, right around beginning of August here. So it was before your birthday. Yeah, yeah. So starting to wrap, uh, starting to wrap that up. And I think I had texted you what it was like last week or something. Where <laughs> it's like I am so. <laughs> I wanted to be like I take back what or not take back but i'd like to intensify what i said on the pod where i was like yeah i can kind of tell that i'm starting to near the end but i'm not at that point where i like hate my life or anything and while i don't hate my life i would be fine if my my life were a little bit better (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was just yeah i i have hit that annoyance point i have hit Mm -hmm. that annoyance point where i was it wasn't this past weekend it was Actually, I know exactly. It was Saturday. I'm almost positive. It was Saturday. And it was just one of those like days where I was on lower calories for what's low for me. And I was hungry. Like I was Mm -hmm. super hungry. And I was like, man, why, why bother? Like, why am I doing this? I, let's just cut it short, you know, like all that, just having, talking myself into it. <laughs> and I just remembered something that I've posted about before and also uh, something that it's something that's been told to me before. And I've always kept it in mind was don't quit on a bad day, like never quit on mm-hmm. a bad day. So I was like, all right. So I basically, I don't know, I can't remember exactly what sort of conversation I had in my brain, but I essentially was just like, all right, well, I'm not quitting today, but I'm just going to, I'll just call it tomorrow. Like tomorrow, because Sunday's a check-in day anyway for me. Like I check Mm -hmm. in with myself and I do progress photos and stuff like that. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll wrap all this stuff up, you know, do that. And then, you know, we'll call it a day. And then all of a sudden it was like Sunday, everything moved. Like everything. Yeah. Like the weight dropped, sleep was I got an hour more of sleep than oh. I had than I had been averaging. Mm-hmm. Um, measurements were where like all of a sudden, like had moved like another I think like half inch, like it was mm-hmm. yeah, yeah on Sunday. So of course then I was like well. This would even maybe this is a sign that this is a great time to stop that because <laughs> now I've hit like these particular marks. And I was like, no, uh, uh-uh. because that's the whole thing about never quit on a bad day. If it's like, well, if you tell yourself that I'm not going to quit on a bad day, who in their right mind quits on a good day? Yeah. So it's really just like you're you're kind of like playing mental judo at that <laughs> point, you know. So yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so that fat loss, this fat loss phase will be, um, will be wrapping up this week. So I'm taking, um, I'm treating, yeah, I'm treating Thanksgiving day as, uh, as a refeed and, you know, just untracked and, and all that stuff and then start, um, transitioning calories back up starting Sunday, starting next week. 
Mm. So I'm going to close thing out, things out this week. So I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with where things are right now. And also, um, I want to be able to say that I saw it through to the end, especially after the mood I was in last week. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, there's no, why am I, why am I, I was like, why am I doing this? It's not like I'm competing. It's not like I'm taking photos for something. My clients could not care less Mm -hmm. whether I look a certain way or don't look a certain way and whatnot. And I reminded myself, like I had to remind myself or what was helpful is I decided to remind myself, well, that wasn't really the whole point of doing this anyway. I have some like future goals and different things like that. And I wanted to take this particular time to really focus on putting myself mm-hmm. in position to do those sorts of things. And I I am there and I think I can potentially squeeze like a little bit more out of it. So that's um so that's what's up with that. Nice. Yeah. And so um so that's the fat loss update. And then um also when I do transition starting next week, I've been doing a lower body, upper body split. And so starting mm-hmm. next week I'm gonna go to a full body split. So I'm going to be doing full body and I'm doing a program. It's a high frequency program. It's five days a week, actually, of full body. So oh. I've been, yeah, I've been reading it. It, um, yeah, it, it will be. So it will be higher volume than what I'm currently doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I had been doing a decent amount of like looking into experimenting like the people who do people who do program for like full body and things like that. And I program full body workouts, but I've been seeing more and more research around higher frequency with full body, which at at its base kind of flies in the face of, you know, lower upper split and you need X amount of time for recovery. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'll, I'll try to kind of get more into it as I start going through the process. And the thought process is, is the issue with recovery more exacerbated by like when you do full body, you're doing say like three sets of chest, two sets of shoulders, three sets of back on each day or so is that part, is that what, where the whole thought process of, Hey, you probably shouldn't, you know, do full body that much like Mm -hmm. that with that sort of frequency like four or five days a week probably shouldn't do full body because it doesn't allow enough recovery normally when people are saying that they're thinking of what i just talked about you're doing like three sets of this two sets of this three sets of this four sets of this maybe even like you're Mm -hmm. doing multiple like tons of sets of the same body part so they're like what if you were to take one set or two hard sets of chest on this day and then you do two hard sets of chest the next day and then two sets the next day. Like, so basically if you just took that same volume, but you spread it out yeah, and you covered the full body. So I'm pretty sure I didn't explain that in any sort of an efficient manner. (laughs) However, that's, um, that's, I'm going to move into that and that'll be, I think somewhere around 10 weeks, somewhere around nine to 10 weeks. And then, get into like the hybrid slash concurrent training. Oh, right. That. I yeah. forgot about the hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the plan 
is really kind of flesh out this full body high frequency thing because I'd like to really design a program around it. I'm going to do, I'm doing someone else's program on this mm -hmm. particular one so that I can actually learn and like experience it myself and then, then just kind of see. So yeah, we'll see kind of what comes up. Cause in one of the, in one of the group programs that I have out there, we have the option of doing either four day lower upper split mm -hmm. or you can do three days total body. Hmm. So like I'm familiar with and very comfortable with programming, programming that way. I have not typically programmed like for, I have a couple of one-on-one -on -one clients that do it, but I haven't typically programmed four to five days for a group to do full body. So I'd like to put myself through it, research more, all that stuff. And then I may potentially may potentially add that to a group option. We'll see though. We'll see. So I, you're working with a coach? No. No, I purchased a program. Okay. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. No, I am um did I talk to you about the nutrition thing? Like coming up I'd probably I think I may have. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think we I did am, last episode because you were asking me why I don't work with a coach. Yeah, I'm gonna be on I'm going to be on the hunt for a nutrition coach soon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's still like TBD to try and figure, figure that whole thing out. Cause I've, my primary hang up, and it, I'm, I'm willing to admit that it's a story I'm telling myself. Uh, my primary hang up is I need somebody who will not touch the, the full body high frequency. Mm -hmm. Like I'm already committed to that. Yeah. Um, so if, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like in order to really maximize a coach, you want to be able to allow them to tweak what they need to. And Hey, if they feel like, Hey, it's too much, then you should be able to dial it back and things like that. So I don't, I think it would be unfair for me to, you know, partner up with somebody and then be like, Oh, by the way, here's what I'm going to do. So, um, uh, <laughs> Ideally, I'm on the lookout for somebody who handles folks who do a high amount of training naturally. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Someone who does that much frequency without PEDs. Mm. Yeah, that would be the the piece there. And ideally, it would be somebody. I feel like I'm putting out a like a ad. Uh, yeah, ideally, I mean, you might as well. <laughs> yeah, ideally, it would be somebody who can also then. Um, who also has experience with folks who do concurrent training or hybrid. So I don't have to like switch people or anything like yeah. that. So we'll see. So that's, um, that's what's going up on there. And then um, last thing would just be still continuing with um, in-person coaching as far as coaching, um, coaching classes once a week. So that's been going pretty well um, so far. Uh, we've got a break this week, so we're recording this on the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week here in the States. I do want to uh, clarify that here in the States because, you know, we've got a worldwide following, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. shout out to our listeners in the Netherlands. And we're, Malaysia. <laughs> and Malaysia, yeah. Yeah, unless it's just people like on VPNs who are listening which is also a possibility. You know, like, why'd you have to just completely just I mean, I don't buzzkill in there? I don't think that's it. <laughs> you know. I've got a yeah. lot of countries for MFA too that I'm just like, who? 
That's really funny. Uh, so anyways, yeah, it's Thanksgiving week, so won't be coaching this particular week because my uh, the day I coach is on Thursdays. So the U.S. holiday falls on falls on that particular day. Um, however, yeah, still um, still really enjoying that particular experience and feeling more and more comfortable as each week goes with just being back into some sort of a an, a rhythm of coaching a class, like coaching classes in person. And, you know, attendance will vary. Sometimes it's pretty small. It's like one or two people. And then sometimes it can be like 11 to 12. So we never, you never necessarily know. And um, yeah, and I I think it's it's only helped me enhance online coaching Mm -hmm. to be back in person again, big time. Like, so just paying attention to, different cues that work and or don't work Mm because what I'll do in my program sometimes is like type like a little cue or whatnot. If there's something that's very common, like the RDL comes to mind, you know, reminding Mm -hmm. people that it's a hip hinge movement. So I'm not looking for you to just like reach down or bend over. Yeah. It's like moving hips back like that sort of a thing. And sometimes it can be easy to forget that if you don't see real live people like watching videos and stuff is, on YouTube is not the same as being in person and seeing the common things that people do. And even this particular cycle, we had a, um, a bench press that I put in. So I put in like a slight incline bench press and just that reminder about like dumbbells, like there was this habit of like touching the dumbbells at the top and hands being like perfectly overhand. Yeah. Overhand. Oh my God. I used to do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just that like, hey, let's move, let's adjust that angle. Just, you know, hands can adjust slightly to, you know, to change the trajectory just a little bit and know your dumbbells <laughs> do not need to touch at the top of the movement. You know, let's work on squeezing the pecs at the top. Like I use this cue called like give yourself the wonder bra effect. Oh, and People usually, that usually like clicks for people yeah. um, as opposed to like, Make sure you tap those dumbbells at the top, you know, like that sort of thing. So, yeah. So it's been nice. So, yeah, those are those are my updates as far as what I've got going on. Very exciting. It is. It is. Yeah. I have no questions. Okay. Well, if you don't have any, <laughs> if you don't have any questions, uh, what do we got next on the rundown here? Oh, reviews. Yeah, we got a couple of reviews. So we just want to shout out. Those yeah. who left reviews, you want to read Whatever. them? Uh, why don't you read one and I'll read the other one? How about that? Okay. I will read the one from Run Rice Run. Uh, nice. Super fun and informational. I love listening to Kelly and JK. As a runner, JK brings the non-runner perspective and reality reality check <laughs> us runners need. That's funny. Very important. <laughs> Uh, Kelly and JK's episodes make you feel like you are another friend at the table. I enjoy each episode and get good information on lifting, running, and living. Pumpkin is another favorite member of the podcast. I love his surprise guest appearances. You will love this episode then. <laughs> he has been in and out. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Run Rice Run. Appreciate that. Yeah. And then uh, we got another one from uh, the title – the or. Yeah, the title is Smiles for Miles. That's that's catchy. Title is Smiles for Miles, and it's from a user named Rather Dog, D-A-W-G. I actually know, I'm about 99.9% certain I know who this person is. So 
for those who are like Rather, what is that? It's R A T H E R. It's the name of a residence hall at Michigan State University. So, oh, I um, thought it was Rather. It's not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, outside of Dan Rather, right? So, outside of Dan Rather and the word Rather, yeah. When would you ever see? Yeah. I was like, thinking the word, but I, I don't question the name people put. Yeah, it's Rather. Like, it's. Okay. <laughs> on Michigan State's campus, it's called Rather. I've never, okay. I never took the time to uh, research who it was named after because I think those residence halls mm. are always named after somebody, you know. Yeah, they so. usually are. All right, so uh, in this review, smiles for miles, she says, "J.K. and Kelly do a great job keeping the conversation entertaining while they provide information surrounding fitness. Kelly's giggles and J.K.'s <laughs> sense of humor—I didn't know I had a sense of humor—make uh, me smile." <laughs> She's make me smile and help the time pass when out for a run. Uh, both have a wealth of knowledge and experience in fitness and are great at communicating it in a way the general public can follow. This is a podcast I'll keep in my queue. So thank you so much. You know who you are. So thank you for listening. Appreciate the support. And uh, if you would like to have the possibility of your review being read on the podcast, feel free to um, drop that on Apple Podcasts. Or you can also, if you're not a the Apple Podcast user, you can always you know tag us on Instagram, a little screenshot yeah. in the stories, all that good stuff. Or shoot us an email, and uh, we will read that online. So cool. You know what's funny? I don't know what's funny, but I bet you're going to tell me. I am going to tell you. All so right. the title, Smiles for Miles, my uh -huh. friend Jess, who's also a running coach, that's the name of her business. It's Smiles for Miles Coaching. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I know. That is funny. So I have a oh, shirt I... that says Smiles for Miles. Oh, there you go. In the words <laughs> of fitting. Alanis Morissette, isn't it ironic? <laughs> is that All actually right. ironic, though? All right. So uh, <laughs> next on the rundown, <laughs> let's get into the uh, the training topic. <laughs> that we've got for today. Yeah. So, Kelly, I'm going to kick it over to you to, to introduce this topic, and uh, let's get into that conversation. <laughs> so we've kind of touched on this in a couple other episodes a bit, or each of us individually on our own podcasts have as well. Uh, but we're talking about training over the winter, which I like to call the winter grind, yeah. <laughs> and not in the bad way. Uh not like What's hustle culture way? way. Like hustle culture. Like always grinding, always. Mm. Never resting, that kind of thing. Okay. Did I tell you? I think I said, told you this before because when you say winter grind and you're like not grind in the bad way, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking middle school dance. Oh, action. yeah. You did tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, you, that's why you got you to gotta clarify here. No. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like grind can be taken as a good thing or a bad thing. Not talking about middle school dancing. <laughs> Yeah, let's go ahead and just get that out of the – we'll take yeah. that off the off the table. Yeah, uh, but what I mean okay. by grind is like mm -hmm. it's not flashy. The training you're doing over winter, it's not flashy. It's not as fun for most people. Um, and you're just kind of like doing it. Not like going through the motions because mm -hmm. that's not always the best thing to do. But like you're doing it because you have a goal. You're training for something. You know it needs to get done. You're showing up and doing it. And what makes that different than, say, like the 
the summer grind. I feel in your, in like your eyes. in my eyes, well, one, a lot of people hate running in the winter and a lot of people love running in the summer. And like in the trail running world, there's better access to trails. People are sharing the pretty trails they're on. Granted, I'm in Colorado, so a lot of my algorithm is also people in pretty mountains. <laughs> yeah. So that's like very prevalent over the summer. Everyone's like showing off the big runs they're doing, uh, that kind of thing. Versus winter, it's like went on another road run because <laughs> a lot mm. of trails are closed. Uh, like it's just not as shared as much. And I think partially because this is a common time for people to – they view it as their off-season, which I actually listened to a podcast recently in the running world. They were saying t- for runners not to think of this as an off-season. Think of it as pre-season for what you're going to train for next year, which I like that little shift because off-season kind of t- ties into what you talked about on Help Me Understand where people like view the holiday season – yeah. As like these six weeks where nothing's going to go right. Like they're basically not going to train because like, why would you? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, you didn't say those words. Uh, so, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, I um, I like this, the the thought of this particular topic. And not surprisingly, I took it from a bit of a different perspective as far as what what can make the the winter training months a bit more difficult. And for context, I mean, I, I'm sure we potentially have some listeners who maybe in, are in areas where the winter weather is not potentially as as like winterish or extreme yep. as it is in the areas that we live in. Like you're in Colorado, I'm in Illinois, and especially the central Illinois area. So it will get flipping cold here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll get extremely cold. Uh, we'll definitely get hit with uh, at least a couple of pretty significant snowstorms, like get snowed in a couple of times like that. That just is kind of par for the course in in the regions that we're in. Um, and also, I think that it's also something that's it's during this particular time of the year, too, mm-hmm. that things tend to feel like more of a grind. And when you when you had first or maybe in one of the previous conversations or back and forth that we've had about like training during this time of the year. And when you were talking about, um, you know, it's just like the scenery isn't quite as, you know, glamorous or whatever it might be. How I was thinking about it too, was this perspective of it's even like, you know, it's not as convenient to like pull out your phone and take a picture of what you're doing outside. Cause it's cold yeah. and you don't, even want, you don't want to take your gloves off. Then I was even thinking about it. Um, I was thinking about uh, even when you're in the gym, like you're way more bundled up, and especially in in kind of the the realm that I tend to operate in, a lot of it tends to be very aesthetic focused. Mm-hmm. So it's like not as many shorts. Now it's leggings. Not as many tank tops. Now it's like maybe a t-shirt. You know, stuff like that. And you know, for those who might. There may be some people that are kind of like, oh, well, that doesn't make that big of a difference. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to give you a reality check that there is definitely a decent group uh, or a decent percentage of people who like to see what they look like when they're working out. Like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, if there's like a mirror or whatever, 
or they're going back and, or any, even if when they're consuming other people's content and things like that, like that's, that's how algorithms algorithm is mm-hmm. what you're spending time on and whatnot. So yeah, I think I, what I had noticed, noted is, um, uh, in kind of thinking about the question of what makes training during this time of the year more difficult, a decent amount of the things that maybe even subconsciously keep you engaged in your training and also maybe motivate you and different things like that are no longer as effortless or they're just not like kind of a part of it. Cause one thing that something that comes to mind and we'll just kind of talk about some different things that can make it more challenging. One of the things that comes to mind uh, for me is it's not, I know for myself, it's not as natural to be outside. So mm-hmm. steps are a bit, I'm going to say they're a bit harder to come by. What I'm going to say is, you know, for example, for me to take, I, I'll take a break. And if it's a heavy programming, programming day, I'll take a break and say, Hey, I'm going to go take a walk around the block, which is on average about eight to 10 minutes, you know, just a, a quick walk around the block. Well, when it's like 11 degrees outside, I don't, that's not my first thought. And so <laughs> yeah. then I also do have a walking treadmill that I can hop on. And also it's kind of, well, I mean, at least if I'm outside, I can get some fresh air and there's some sun and things like that. But when it's colder weather, I can hop on the treadmill, but that's not, ex- that's not really all that exciting. Yeah. And that's kind of the point. It's not necessarily supposed to be exciting. So something that you brought up earlier uh, is activities that you do, like what show you watch on the treadmill. I've got a friend who had, um, there's a particular show that we both like to watch and he doesn't watch that show unless he's on the treadmill. Oh. So when you talked about like selling sunset, for example, Mm -hmm. it reminded me, um, it reminded me of that. So we've, we've both kind he and I both kind of adopted this thing, um, with certain shows. So I don't, I just tell myself like, Hey, if I'm going to watch that show, my feet are moving when I watch that particular show. Cause it's, I know it's something that I'll stay engaged in. I like to watch the show like that sort of thing. Yeah. So save it for the treadmill sessions and watch it 10, 15 minutes at a time, that sort of a thing. So I think that that's, that's one thing I would throw in there is I think that um, being aware of how understanding that the, the change in the weather may make things that were pretty easy and effortless, not as easy and not as effortless. So it will take more intention to actually Mm -hmm. accomplish those things. So that's, that's one thing I would throw out there as far as what, what can make it more difficult. And also like, here's a particular tip. So I think the saving a show is one that, that could be hopefully helpful for somebody. Yeah. That, can be hard if you're running on a treadmill because ideally you it depends how the treadmill is set up because you don't want to be like looking down while you're oh, running that's, that's fair are so you that shocked that i didn't think about the running on the treadmill example no <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> I, was, I was like that's not a problem for me especially yeah. not on this treadmill but i feel like with a lot of treadmills depending on where you go uh my gym excluded because it faces a wall <laughs> but like other climbing gyms they have it facing like the bouldering area which is great i can watch people climb Hmm. and then i'll listen to a podcast so like because i can't well i struggle to listen to a podcast and having a wall to watch 
Because, <laughs> like, it just moves so much slower, you know? Like, yeah. I need something to watch while I'm stationary. Um, or, like, cool. at the gym, people watching is one of my favorite things. Because usually the cardio is set up in front of the weights. Mm. And you can just watch everyone. So... <laughs> If you're running on the treadmill, maybe don't look down <laughs> at a show uh, or it might be a little more challenging, but people watching is great. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a, a good pro tip. Again, I don't I don't run on treadmills often, not often. Yeah, I did once like, a few months ago. It does get challenging if you have a treadmill at your house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think. Hopefully this, I think this is going to be relatable to some people. There's like the person you thought you were going to be when you put that piece of exercise equipment there versus the person that you are in the (laughs) moment. I think, uh, I read a book that described it as the planner and the doer. Oh, Like each person is, I think it was in the 12 week year, if I remember correctly. So it was talking about the two different sides of every person. And they're like, every person is both a planner and a doer. And the mistake, yeah, they're like the mistake that people make is they are putting a whole lot of faith in the planner and not taking into mind the in, the input of the doer. So, oh yeah, it's yeah. So it goes it goes kind of back to instead of saying, well, so to use like the the going for a walk or getting some steps in example, instead of saying, well, you know. I'm just not the type of person who can walk for 10 minutes on the treadmill without like hating my life or whatever it may be. It's okay. If I want to stay committed to the goals that I have, what can I do to try to take the doer? So the person who typically would like be bored to death with walking on a treadmill, what can I do to remove some of the friction in that particular process? So yeah, it, I think having having some sort of entertainment, like some, I think a podcast is a great idea. But the people watching, I wouldn't even know to know what to do if it was just like staring at a wall right in front of me, and also really boring. Wouldn't be in a position to like look if something was like flat down in front of me, as opposed to you know mm-hmm. some sort of like a TV stand or you know what I mean, like a something to like actually hold your iPad or whatnot, that would be, that would definitely be a bit more on the difficult side. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure what I would do in that case. <laughs> it is know, a I'm... great for mental strength though, I will say. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so possibly on a, a somewhat related note to that, uh-huh. years ago when I was doing, when I was training for a Spartan race, I remember that that one of the rules was that you couldn't have um couldn't have any sort of like mp3 player so you couldn't wear headphones or anything during the race and i don't know why i'm calling it a race during the event because i wasn't racing anybody so with spartan races (laughs) with spartan races for anybody who may not be familiar with them there's different lengths of them and uh However, they pretty much are all the same sort of things where there's a run portion, like you run to an obstacle, you do whatever that obstacle is, whether it's climbing over a wall, crawling, you know, swinging from rope to rope, Uh, there's like a javelin throw, there's all these different things, but you Mm -hmm. run, or there's some distance, at least, let's say, so you can walk if you want, but there's distance between each thing. So I was 
um, going into it, knowing that based on my fitness level at that time, the run and it would be the same challenge now would be the most challenging part of it. And routinely when I was training and when I train now, I always have some sort of music or I may have a podcast on, but then there's music in the background, like the gym is playing music and I have a podcast in my ear. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, well, to develop some mental fortitude here, knowing that I'm not going to have headphones during mm -hmm. the event itself. And I was, this one I was training for, I was going to be there solo. So I wasn't going to be there with a group or a partner, or anything on this particular one. I was like, well, I should just do my treadmill runs with no music, no nothing. That was one of the worst experiences training wise <laughs> that I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> never again. Never, every never single again. one. What's that? You did every single one without listening to anything. I did. Oh, no, not every single one. I did quite a few. Okay. So what I would do is I would like when I was lifting, uh, so when I was lifting, I had music and things like that. And then I told myself, when you get on the treadmill, you can't put earbuds in because you've got to okay. get used to the fact that when you're out there on the course, you're not going to have earbuds in to distract mm -hmm. you or like help the time pass. So I knew that part was going to suck. So I was like, you might as well just you know, embrace the suck, like make it suck now so that maybe it'll suck less later. That was, that was awful. I will never do that again. <laughs> if I have any control over it, I'll never do that again. Because one of the most excruciating things was hearing my feet pound that treadmill over and mm. over and over again. Yeah. That like is that one was, of the worst things about a treadmill. Yeah. That was rough because it just, yeah. Like every, every like step sounded like just a massive thud. And it just reminded yeah. me how slow I was going too. <laughs> it was really, yeah. I thought I was over it, but now this is reminding me of how bad that was. Yeah, bringing up bad memories. <laughs> yeah, a little PTSD. All right, so back to the, the topic though. <laughs> so training in the winter. Um, so we talked about like some of the things that can make it more difficult, not, not, um, not outside as easily. Something I throw out there is I called it more wild cards with the schedule. Mm, so, yeah. um, for example, you've got the holiday events, um, which are things you can plan for, for the most part. And then you've got the things that you, you don't know when they're going to hit. You just are pretty certain that they will hit at some point. And one of the major ones is sickness, whether it's, whether it's your own or someone else inside your household you you have a higher prevalence of like viruses and different things like that going around and that can just be a total just downer you know mm -hmm. to be quite honest so i think that that aspect of it can make it feel like more of a grind than it yeah. is because you know one you're not getting outside as much so you're pretty much you're kind of like inside and then if either yourself or the people you're inside with are also sick then that just kind of brings can bring the overall mood down because you're just kind of more lethargic if you yourself are sick or if they're sick, then you know that can be kind of a downer. Um, so that was something that I wanted to throw out there as something that can make it a bit more, a bit more difficult. And especially for those with kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because even if you're not sick, the taking care of the sick ones it obviously takes 
more time out of your day that you maybe could have dedicated to yourself in your training. And then yeah. you probably know eventually you're going to get sick. <laughs> you know, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's going to travel around your house. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say like the, the taking care of the kids when they're not at the age to take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, or speak up for the things that they need to help them feel a little bit better. Definitely more of an issue. I think when, um, when the kids are older and I can definitely speak from, from that point of view, I've got a 17 and an 11 year old, uh, it's 11. Yeah. Seven, <laughs> 17 and 11 year old. Uh, oh boy. You know, it's a bit different when they can be self-sufficient, like a 17 year old, like she can drive and she could even really go to the doctor's appointment by herself, but they require a parent to be there. Mm. Mace, obviously 11, we're not letting him drive by himself. <laughs> So with him, it's just kind of more like sitting around, like laying around that sort of a thing. So, but yeah, either, either way though, um, especially when you have kids, you are so spot on, you know, it's going to travel around the house at some point. Like, it's almost like playing dodgeball. You just, it's like dodgeball and the room keeps getting smaller and smaller <laughs> and you just eventually end up with like, all right, like just hit me now. Yeah. Because you're, it's like the wait, the waiting is almost worse than anything else. Because it's just like, I know it's going to hit me, but it'd be cool if it hits me on this day because I'm not that busy. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be fine. Yeah. And it never works out like that. that. No, it, it definitely doesn't. It definitely doesn't. So in the, in the spirit of being helpful, I think when it comes to that, um, that's that's something that I will typically utilize as a reminder for clients that let's keep this particular season, especially like the training frequency of this season, let's keep it on the manageable side and let's keep it potentially like moderate um, mm -hmm. and understanding that this may not you know, there's, there's definitely times where, Hey, let's really like push the, push the frequency. Let's add an additional day, things like that. And then there's other times, especially if I've got a client that I know has like partner, multiple kids, pets, works, like all these different, different kind of factors that are going on. And also they're in a place potentially where climate is impacted. Just all of these, it's like the perfect storm. Like we mm -hmm. know, like we've done this long enough to know that something is going to hit. So yeah. in the event that it does, if you're training four times a week, then cool, you're training four times a week. Let's design it so that if day four needs to bump to another week, you're not left with the feeling. Cause this is what I think can, can start to make it feel like it sucks more is you start to feel like I'm not doing enough. Yeah. I think that, I think that's just highlighted more during the the winter time. So I think that kind of leads to that, that grinding feeling that you've, that you've kind of discussed there. So that's something that I will throw out there to try and get ahead of things is let's continue to make sure that we've identified both the floor, like the minimum foundation, like the foundation of what you do. And let's mm -hmm. identify the ceiling. Like what's the most that we can do before you feel like now you've got to take a, f a full week off because you overdid it. So when we have a good idea of the floor and we have a good idea of the ceiling, then we can kind of f operate within that, within that thing. I like yeah. that. Do you have something that, that you want to kind of throw in with the wild cards or anything or? 
Um, when you want to drop. Not really. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I feel like you, you gave good advice. Okay. <laughs> that works. Uh, I had on a lot more like optional uh, training during this time of year, like it, whether it's an optional run, optional strength training, mm. so that people don't, people feel just like you're saying, they feel less like defeated if they don't get it done. I'm like, well, I mean, it's basically just what you said. It's like, it's not part of our base. If you get it done, great. If you don't get it done, who cares? Not who cares, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was talking to another coach about recently too the language of like we talk minimum effective dose mm -hmm. and i've got people that we've had that particular conversation and i've i've really tried to switch it to foundational because even when i say minimum i'll usually try to throw in the word foundation the minimum foundation or something like that because yeah. there's some folks that just even the verbiage of the word minimum it just gets in their head because they're thinking less than as little yeah. like minimum equals as little as possible so when you talk about i mean it, i can i definitely know that i've i have and still work with people who when we put in an optional training day they don't see it as optional they just don't oh. yeah it's it typically tends to be the same psychographic as when i program eight to ten reps they go they're 10. doing they're doing 10 reps every time yeah. Every single time. Like no matter how many times we've gone over, like listen, eight to 10 is the range. And no, it's like, and I say this in my classes too. I'm like eight to 10 means eight to 10. It doesn't mean 10 or you failed mm -hmm. because we're, we're trying to work on. Yeah. Because for, for context, I'm inside of a CrossFit box and the class that I teach that I'm coaching is program and I, I programmed it. It's programmed around the principles of hypertrophy. Mm. So we utilize like the concept of progressive overload. So that's where I'm trying to, that's where I'm coming from with that. So yeah, just that, it just reminded me of that, that language, like the minimum sometimes mm -hmm. can be a tough, a tough pill for people to swallow. So even just changing the language of, well, it's, the foundation of your training is built on these three things or these three days or these four days. Maybe it's five, like whatever works. It's just identify. So that would be another tip to identify a foundation for that season. I know we've yeah. talked about that in mm -hmm. some, in various forms. Um, so I think that that potentially can be something that's hopefully helpful. You had something on your, did you put weather and darkness? I did. Is that you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we already covered weather. Uh, yeah. And then I think darkness affects people a lot who work the traditional nine to five hours because then you're not really seeing much daylight, uh, especially with <laughs> running. Obviously, there's the safety factor for those mm -hmm. of us who are women or can be targets. Like if you're working through the entire time there's daylight, then maybe it's not safe for you to run outside and then you are stuck to a treadmill all winter. Or you can find a running group like ours that meets in the dark, but then you're in a group, so you're more safe. But yeah, I also feel like the darkness makes people want to venture out less 
which includes like going to the gym and lifting, I always found the opposite to be true to, for myself. Like versus the summer, I'm much more likely to go to the gym in the winter because in the summer, I feel like I should be outside. Like I shouldn't oh, be in a gym. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, I still go to the gym in the summer right, <laughs> and right. do my lifting. But yeah, for me, it feels easier. Uh, and I think I'm in the minority because I'm like, what else am I going to do when it's dark at 4.30 p.m., you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes uh, – yeah, that makes – that makes a lot of sense. And you've, I think you've talked about this before and I, I cannot agree more with being able to utilize this particular season. If you are noticing that, you know, mo maybe motivation, I know we've kind of gone back and forth on that one, but motivation to train may be a bit on the lower side or just be your interest level in going on long runs outside, maybe at a lower point, especially if you've got somewhat of a break before your next event and things like that. You've talked about this before. And again, I would emphatically co-sign utilizing this as a period of time to use that to your advantage and work on building more strength. Um, mm -hmm. If you had, you know, now that potentially your miles may be down, um, yeah. if you're somebody who um, wanted to implement a little bit more hypertrophy, then this would be a great time to do that because you can kind of fill in some of those gaps if you're not, not getting in as many miles. Mm -hmm. I think, um, something that came to mind too, which I think is kind of linked to what you were talking about with, with your training, you'll lift and then you might do the elliptical afterwards or the bike or whatnot. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's something too, where if you're not specifically looking at Hey, I need to run. So say if you dread running on the treadmill or it's not your favorite. Okay. Yeah. And you still want to get in X number of miles per week, let's say, then I think something that you can, can do. And I'm talking like if you're a recreational person who just wants to make sure that you can keep a good cardio, cardiovascular base is instead of, man, I usually would go out for a run you know, a X mile run three to feet, three to four times per week, you could potentially, if you're doing less miles, just do it after your lift and you go for maybe shorter, shorter time periods. So say if you're like 10 miles a week, I'm just making up a number. Like you just like to run 10 miles in a week, then can you split it up and do like three, three, four? Mm -hmm. Did that math just work? Yeah. Yeah. Three, three, four, or, you know, whatever <laughs> it might be, four, two, four, whatever works for you. Just mm -hmm. thinking about cr being creative. You know, yeah. so you can still, you can still check that box. And I'm not talking about a check the box mentality. What I'm talking about is you, I want people to be able to look back on that season and say, I feel good about what I accomplished. Mm -hmm. And I'm very biased in that because a mistake that I, I see people make is they will basically like, for lack of a better way to put it, like kind of throw away a two to three month period because they're just like, yeah, well, I just know training's going to suck during that time period. So I'll, mm -hmm. you know, they'll say I, you know, I'll dial things down and I'll pick it back up in yep. March or April. And then what happens, what can happen, and I've seen this a bunch of times before that pick it back up 
turns into the temptation to I'll double up and do more. Yeah. So even though mentally they had told themselves like, hey, I'm good with what I'm going to be doing for the next, you know, two to three months or three to four months, whatever it is, until things kind of warm up and whatnot, they're still not being really intentional about what they're doing during Mm -hmm. that quote unquote off season or preseason, which I think is a great term or in the bodybuilding world, we call it improvement season. They're not being intentional still, like they're treating it like it is a break. And so then when they get back into it, it's not getting back into a particular rhythm. They let how they feel about their lack of consistency over the winter, then guide this whole temptation to, okay, instead of, you know, re-engaging four days of training per week frequency, I've been, I don't, I feel like I've kind of been slacking. So let me do five to six instead. Mm, Yeah. Like that's, it's my same, it's kind of my same thought process around how people handle the holidays, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, just can you, can you go into it being intentional about how you're going to handle the six events that you have and really can you handle the other days because you're talking about six days out of 90 something like how (laughs) how can you handle that so that's my my soapbox on on that piece so i think that that word keeps jumping out to me is intentional yeah like how can you be intentional during these particular months and i think the the more that you can just keep it simple with the intentions then the better you come out of it and there's less of this feeling of needing to overcorrect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because like everybody and their mother wants to go into a fat loss phase in the spring. That, yeah. well, sorry if I just upset somebody about their mom. I just talked about their mom. <laughs> I don't think you did. Yeah. That's just like not a thing in the running world. Right. Which is nice. At least not yeah. the running world that I witness. I'm sure it is. It's unpopular. Yeah, as long as there's a – because I'm assuming you're talking about from the perspective of performance is what's primarily driving the training. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's not the – you know, the majority of the folks that I'm working with, like the body composition is driving. Yeah. Driving their training. There's definitely performance aspects and different things like that, but they're, you know, they're lifting weights to – they're focusing more on lifting weights because of the body composition piece. So that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. Any other random, any other random tips that you can think of as far as staying consistent with whatever you decide that you are going to do during the winter season? Uh, I mean, I think it's just a lot about committing to it. Yeah. I feel like that's that's easily said though. It is. I mean, you have to I feel like you have to have a reason why you want to be committed. So for like a lot of runners it could be they sign up for a race in the spring. So then it's like, well, I have to train for this thing, which for runners out there be careful if you hate running in winter. <laughs> maybe don't <laughs> sign up for an ultra in the spring. <laughs> yeah. Um Or like, I mean, this is, we've talked about it before. This is a good time for the shorter distances because there's lots of 5Ks around the holidays, which every runner could work on speed. 
or you could just like run 5Ks for fun. That's also a thing. (laughs) Uh, So I think it comes down to like what matters to you and why do you want to stay consistent? Yeah, I I like that. And uh, if I were pretending to be a runner, yeah, I would be thinking about um, what am I trying to say? I would be thinking about okay, what what are the foundational things I can do to be and be consistent in that will put me in a position to crush my training that I'm mm-hmm. going to get into after the winter season is over after the holiday holiday events are over or whatever the case may be. I just, I don't know. I, I just come across a, a decent amount of people who are looking at their training at that they're going to do after the winter season as making up for versus moving forward. I'm not sure if that makes any sense. So let's say that you have an event that you're going to like a race that you're going to do in I don't know, let's say June. Okay. So let's say you're going to do a race in June and your official training for that race starts in, let's say March. Okay. March, April, a little April, close, May. but okay. <laughs> well, not to the person who picks up a 12-week training program, right? Yeah, I know. We, we've talked about that a bit. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, old version of Kelly. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I've done, done the same thing. But let's say that um, let's say that they are planning on like, hey, I'm going to do you know, 12 weeks out, 16 weeks out, whatever the case may be. They, I think it's very easy to look at it as okay, my training period starts when that training block starts. Yeah. In and instead of what can I put my, what can I do to establish consistency before going into that training block? Like I, I, I really think there's quite a few folks who look at particular training blocks as they're going to course correct versus this is my time to actually take things up a notch in mm-hmm. preparation for the event versus this stuff is going to help me make up for my lack of consistent movement for the past 90 days. I I think a decent amount of people like look back instead of, I don't know. Hmm. I could be wrong. I don't know if I encounter that as much, but I do encounter the, if my race specific training doesn't start till this date, Mm -hmm. what do I need to do until then? Yeah. Or like, do I need to do anything until then? Which I always say emphatically, yes. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it also depends on like, if you want to improve at running, keep improving at running, you have a time goal, anything like that, the more you can build years upon years of running training, the better you're going to get. So like taking months off at a time, and we've talked about this, you're essentially going to be starting from zero every time you start training for a race, which will make it less, uh, the probability of you achieving your goals will be less and less because you're just essentially just starting over every time versus like even maintaining a little bit of your running fitness and running routine Mm -hmm. leading up to the race specific stuff, then you have a, you have a higher place to launch from. And a lot of the 12 week plans, they don't assume you're starting at zero unless it's like for a 5k. 
So that's something to keep in mind, especially as you get into the higher distances. Like even a 16-week marathon plan, if you're starting from no running, that's too short. So you need to be running before you start the marathon training. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I did not too long ago have a short back and forth with somebody who was legit going from like couch to marathon. You can do it if you give yourself enough time, but it's not. They were giving themselves 75 days. It may or may not have been in conjunction with a 75 day program. (laughs) And I was trying to, I was trying to walk them through like, here's how you can approach that and crush it. Here's Mm -hmm. how you can approach. So let's just put it out there. Like, here's how you can approach 75 hard and completely crush it. Yeah. And they, they, yeah, they, they reached out to ask for my thought, my opinion and some mm-hmm. advice because they decided that they were going to do 75 hard. And I, for those who may not know, I've done the program twice before. I think it's a fit for some folks and not for others. And a lot of it has to do with what you're hoping to get out of the program and then what you plan to do afterwards. And with this particular individual, we, they were essentially like trying to do the most, like the most mm. possible and going yeah. from pretty much like very, very inactive, like very inactive. And they're just like, yeah, I want to be ready to do a marathon. I'm like, all right. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. And to be clear, it does work out for some people. Mm. But like we said in a previous episode, not all of you are unicorns. So. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And just to, I mean, I don't know if this person... I'm not saying what their name is or anything, so it's not like anybody is, is going to know who they are, but we're talking like, I want to I reach this particular performance goal, and I'm also going to follow a fairly restrictive nutrition protocol. And I was like, <laughs> those two things, like those two things definitely do not go together no. in any way, shape, or form. You can still, you can still crush that particular program and make some sort of a performance focus and also maybe feed yourself too would be completely fine and still stay yeah. within the boundaries um, and rules of that program completely. Because I think that's, go on a 75 hard rant for a second, that's part of the argument that people who argue against 75 hard have no idea what they're talking about. Like the program does not entail that you have to undereat. It actually does not in Yeah, she said you have to form. follow – some sort follow, of diet, right? Follow a diet, no cheat meals. How would that work for someone who's training for like a marathon? I'm thinking of like fueling mm-hmm. on the run because t- typically that's like as close as straight glucose as you can get. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is actually a really could be maybe an interesting segment for somebody. So when you're, when I say follow a diet, no cheat meals, what is that? Like, how do you interpret that? I interpret it as there's going to be some rules around what can and cannot be eaten. Right. And so if you're talking like glucose, so can you do, when you talk glucose, like what sorts of, what food choices are you talking about? I'm talking about just like sports nutrition, like gels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gels. Yeah. There's nothing that says that gels aren't allowed. So you don't have to like, so for example, you don't have to eliminate sugar. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so 
like the you're talking like the gels that come in the squeeze pouches, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm, I, I know. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm not missing something. Like, I'm, it's not I'm trying like, to think of a. It's not diet. gel with like chocolate chip cookie dough frosting in it. No, I mean those are like some of the flavors. But. <laughs> right, I'm sure. Yeah, but as far as like the energy gels and different things like that, yeah, I I would be hard pressed, hard pressed to find even the most um, the most extreme of. 75 harders out there and there's some extreme people out there like big time uh there is nothing that says that you can't do something like a gel now it's different if you were to say like hey i need to get i need to eat chocolate chip cookies to run this marathon like that's my source so for example like when i so when i did the when i did the program um prior to doing it it was pretty regular for me. Mm. Yeah, I was pretty consistent with like Pop-Tarts at some point, like either post-workout, like Pop-Tarts and protein shakes. In fact, I remember one time I figured out how to use our gym's blender, the gym I was at at the time, to put Pop-Tarts into my protein shake. Was it good? Yeah, it was fantastic. The confetti cupcake ones, they were fantastic. <sighs> yeah, two scoops of protein powder, a scoop of creatine, and then a confetti cupcake Pop-Tart. Tasted fantastic. Anyways, when, however, when I was doing, um, when I was doing the program, then I dug out the Pop-Tart and I would either use, Mm. um, yeah, I would either eat like oats and put like cinnamon into the oats, like something to flavor it. Or I picked like more of a like sweet tasting protein powder. So instead of like Mm -hmm. chocolate or vanilla, I would try and get like a birthday cake flavor. Or something like that, which is different than I'm going to eat a birthday cake. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? So I think that's, again, what I go back to is for the, where, where a good amount of people lose the argument against 75 hard is because they don't actually understand the program. So what's an example of a diet to follow? That's not uh, like... so okay. So let's say if I were training for a marathon uh, or something performance based, yeah. Because let's be realistic, I'm not training for a marathon. <laughs> so if I were training for something performance based, like I'm, I want to run a 5K, and also I want to be able to, you know, lift really heavy, all that stuff. You're not required to lose weight on 75 hard. It's not. It's not a weight loss program at all. So I would set my macros, for example, if I decided I wanted to follow macros, like that's what I did one of the times. I set my macros. Yeah. I set my macros and it's just the food choices that I made fit within my macros and also what I decided was or was not going to be part of my nutrition component. So Pop-Tarts were out, cookies were out, um, cake was out, like I'm just trying to think of like, what were some of the common things? It's mostly like cookies <laughs> for me, um, was out chicken fingers, like chicken tenders were out. Oh. Yeah. So like grilled chicken and stuff like that. I decided like that was, that was all good. Like grilled chicken was all good. However, you know, grabbing chicken McNuggets was out mm-hmm. like that's that sort of a thing. So if you think mostly along the lines of like primarily whole foods and then not, um, not delving into what like the stereotypical cheat meal sort of thing would be Mm -hmm. then. So pizza, for example, was out. So pizza was out, but I think that's this, this is not intended 
to be me. Like anybody who's listened to enough of me talking about that particular program, like for years now, I think kind of has an understanding of where I, where I think it is not the right fit for people and where I think somebody could benefit from it. What I'm saying is, again, sometimes the argument that's made against it is coming from a place of being uninformed. So yes, you do take a progress picture every day. You take a photo every day of what you look like. Like that's part of the program. You have to take a photo every day. That doesn't mean that you're, again, that doesn't mean that you're required to lose weight. Mm -hmm. However, however, I think that it's completely reasonable for somebody to have that as a misunderstanding because you're taking a photo of yourself every day. So it's like, well, why am I taking a photo of myself every day if it's not required, quote unquote, to lose weight? And even the creator of the program, when when he first created the program, he he didn't at first he didn't like and I know this from reading the book that he wrote about the program and also listening to multiple interviews that he's done when he first created the 75 hard program, it wasn't something he created for other people to do. He made a bet with one of his, yeah, he made a bet with one of his friends that he could get to a certain percentage of body fat, I believe by a certain amount of time. And that time happened to be 75 days. And he knew for himself he put particular rules in place and also he's like it's gonna take a bunch of mental toughness in order to stay consistent with this Mm -hmm. and then it then blows up at some point into that particular program so i completely understand why people would think that it's a weight loss program it's just if you're going to argue against it you're it, it, like if you call it a challenge, anybody who's like really into 75 hard is immediately going to discount you if you call it a challenge because it's not intended to be a challenge. It's a program. So that's why when I am going back and forth with people and it's very few people that I would go back and forth with because I just don't want to like give that much energy into some of those conversations. But when I am going back and forth with people and they're talking about like so-and-so stupid for doing that program or whatnot, I'm like you, they're not even going to engage you because you're not you don't speak their language and they're just going to tell you that, yeah, they're just going to tell you you don't understand and whatnot versus humbly. Like if I'm having a conversation with somebody about it, I can speak from a place of credibility because I'm not going to use the common arguments. What I'm going to ask you is what's your plan when you're done? Yeah. And yeah, they may talk about what's called like the live hard year which is like 75 hard. Then there's phase one, phase two, and I believe phase three. There's like different things that get added. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an entire, yeah. That's crazy. To some people it is. Yeah. Yeah. So there we, there we go. That's uh, (laughs) a, I don't think we had 75 hard on the rundown, but I don't know. It's just to pop up every now and then. Well, it does because it's, it's something that, um, I think for me, it's still, it's something that, uh, I mean, I'm very into habit change. Mm -hmm. Like I'm very into habit change and I'm into sustainability, like sustaining the habit change. Yeah. And I think that when you're, 
it's it's you know going back to like James Clear and um, who is it Charles Duhigg who did who wrote like Tiny Habits. Hopefully, I got that reference correct. Typically, the reason why habits don't stick is because people go about them the wrong way. They try mm-hmm. to make it as hard as possible to implement something versus what can I, where am I in my life right now? What can I do to do this one thing, do that consistently well versus what can I do to, to improve five different areas, make it as hard as possible and tell myself that I failed if I didn't get it done one day and I need to start back over. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, the thing that I would, that I would ask people if you're saying that you want to be, to do something that's sustainable, what's the best way to do it? But that's, that's also the argument that, that your, your 75 hard crowd will tell you is like, well, it's not supposed to be sustainable. So if you're making the sustainability argument, you've already lost. It's not supposed to be sustainable. And I may, I've made that mistake before with utilizing that language. And it's almost like a trigger word. (laughs) It is. It's almost like, yeah. So if you're arguing with somebody, like if you've got somebody and they're like, you know, it's not, and you say like, well, it's not sustainable, they're going to be like, well, it's not supposed to be sustainable. It's like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But I would, I, I, again, like though, I will dispel the rumor that you are required to undereat because you're not, yeah, you're not required to undereat or anything like that. That's fair. I mean, people undereat without being on 75 hard when you train for marathons. So. <laughs> yeah. So something that's wild though is, you know, how you, um, on the program, you are required to do two 45 minute workouts per day and they, they should be spaced at least three hours apart mm-hmm. and it, it, it needs to be two separate workouts. Right. So if you run a marathon, if you're on some, the 75 hard program, if you run a marathon, you do still, that counts as one, one. Work, yeah, that's one workout. So here's what you don't have to do though. You don't have to run a marathon and then go lift weights. You can run a marathon and then do yoga for 45 minutes. Oh, that would probably actually help a lot of people. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's kind of my, that, that sometimes is where, yeah. So that, that sometimes can be something that I will suggest to somebody when they're like, well, how, you know, what's a way that I could potentially crush this thing? I'm like, well, work through like, what are the things that you can do? So you can, and one of them has to be outdoors. So if you're going to run great, that's outdoors. And Mm -hmm. then you can walk on your treadmill inside. Yeah. And life goes on like, yeah, but it's supposed to be hard. Well, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. All right then. I would say walking on my treadmill for 45 minutes inside is hard. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Now that we've finished that segment. (laughs) The 75 hard that comes every four episodes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because I I think, again, I I will continue to say this because it's something that, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year. So new year. It'll yeah, a, it's something that picks up. It picks up more speed. It seems like and pops well, up, yeah. especially like TikTok wise and all that stuff. Because you know, New Year's resolution, do something really hard, like mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And so it just it pops up more in my world. 
for sure. Yeah, not and as much in mine. Yeah, I can I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, you got like people shopping at Target, you know. That's what pops up <laughs> in yours. It's like how to video yourself shopping at Target. Yeah, my current feed right now is all about have you heard about Matt Reif and his Netflix special? Uh, I have not heard about his special. I know exactly who you're talking about, but I haven't heard about his Netflix special. Is he, is he causing some controversy? The The women are upset. Oh, okay. And we don't think he's funny. Oh, gotcha. Is it is it something along the lines of he's gone too far? I don't think he's gone too far. He's just... Well, one, I didn't watch the whole special because I was like, uh-huh. this isn't funny to me. <laughs> ah, um, okay. He opens up with a domestic violence joke, which mm. wasn't funny. I don't okay. think. Um, a lot of people are saying, like, if you're going to open with that, at least make it like a creative joke that is actually funny, but it's very lazy. And, like, someone said that it's something they would hear in the back of a middle school bus, like middle school boys talking about, which I thought was a good uh, way to put it without you having seen it. But yeah, he apparently went to, I think it was Vanity Fair that posted an article interview with him. And he specifically said that he doesn't pander to women in his career. And he doesn't really like that his most of his fan base is females and that the special was made for the guys. But it's like just filled with like misogyny and like. So that's not that's kind of what I was thinking as you were as you were talking about that what was starting to form in my head is is the criticism coming from who he wants his target audience to be though yeah and if it's not coming from who he wants his target audience to be i can't really tell who he wants his target audience to be though potentially middle school boys yeah i mean it it seems like i think that stuff is funny yeah specific segment of men (laughs) yeah like misogynistic and yeah. sexist mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i i'm certainly not in that i don't think i'm in that category that i'm aware of <laughs> otherwise i don't <laughs> I think we'd like be sitting here yeah <laughs> and and also he he probably doesn't care no i think a yeah, lot of people would... are confused because he got well, I don't know the whole history, but people are saying like he got this opportunity and this famous yeah. because of his female fan base and he's basically just like shitting on them. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh Well, whatever. Yeah, I'm just going to going to throw that. So, I'm going to throw this out there and yeah. it's from this from just my personal, my individual JK McLeod perspective. Not as yeah. someone who's an apologist or supporter of Matt Reif, because I don't, I don't know the person. Like, I don't know him. Yeah. We're not friends. <laughs> what else? What I'll say though is, if you put something out there, so if you produce a product, you have a particular shtick, whatever it might be, and it catches on with an audience that you never intended it to be you never intended that to be your main driver, then you decided to stick with, you stick with what you're doing as long as you're getting the engagement from your intended audience. You happen to also pick up this other audience that supported you. 
the other audience that supported you is now offended, you don't care because you still have your main target audience. I don't know if he ever had his main target audience. I would not be. Uh, I, I am aware of a good amount of dudes that I know who actually are not misogynistic, actually, <laughs> um, who enjoy his humor and have gone to see him live. Oh, okay. No, I can't. I have not. I wasn't aware of the Netflix special or anything like that. So I, we haven't. That hasn't been like a topic of conversation. It just came out like very okay. recently, the fifteenth, okay. I think. Gotcha. Yeah. So like a week. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I don't know. It's it's interesting though. Like folks will say, you know, stay true to what you believe in, and you know, don't change who you are unless I don't like it then you should change it like it so my my thing is like okay then don't engage don't engage him like to any <laughs> to any person yeah you know what i mean it's like i think about them like music artists so in the let me throw this out there in the okay. hip hop community i'm trying mm-hmm. to think of um i'm trying to think of somebody specifically tech 9 oh i listened to him when i was a teenager okay yeah <laughs> tech 9 Okay. Where's Primary fan base, predominantly white fan base. Oh. Go to a Tech Nine show. He's huge in like Des Moines, Iowa. Massive. Kansas City area. Because I think he's from Kansas Interesting. City. Interesting. Right? Uh, I, I can did think hear multi- about him from my white boyfriend yeah. in high school. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. And I doubt that that was necessarily like his primary. I, you know what? Let me let me walk that back a second. So he makes music, right? And then a particular demographic latches on to his music. They support him, all that other stuff. Let's say that he speaks out against, he supports Black Lives Matter. He speaks out against, I don't know. He says something that massively offends a large group of white people. Okay. Like, see, so uh-huh. how is that situation any different if he's like, well, you know, if, if all of a sudden hit the majority of his fan base was like, hey, like, what's up with that? Like, why would you make a song like that? Or why would you say something like that? Like, maybe it's a statement that he made somewhere or whatever. Like, why would you say something like that when we're the ones who've supported you all along? And maybe he's not the best example because I don't really listen to his music. <laughs> but um, I can think of, I can definitely think about there being artists that are out there where like their fan base gets upset about something that they do or say or a particular piece of music that they put out like for sure lyrics Mm -hmm. like that sort of a thing and then you know we as a fan base get upset because we're like man i i was offended by that by that and then all of a sudden you see the artist completely differently when the artist is like, like, hey, I get that you're offended. I'm going to be honest. I never really made music for you in the first place. Okay. Like, I don't, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I think you, that's such a, that's such an interesting thing to me. Like, it's super interesting. Because it's yeah. like, what do you, what are people expecting him to do? Like, change his, change his routine or say that he was, shouldn't have made that joke? I don't think it's about a specific joke. You think it's his, what do you think? It's like his overall. 
Yeah, I think it's just like how he is as a person, really. Which, that that I think that's part of the thing that I find crazy, or not, uh, eh, I don't know if crazy. It's part of the thing that I find really curious about this whole thing is he's built a following on being offensive. Not on TikTok. Right? He built a following on his crowd work, which is actually pretty funny. And he's yeah, like mostly... making fun of people in the crowd and all that other stuff. Yeah, because that yeah, I've seen some of those. I mean, I've seen some of those clips and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And some people are upset that he <laughs> there was no crowd work in the special. I mean, because the specials are, you know, they're the written, mm. yeah, written form. So they're yeah, it's saying, like a whole routine. Yeah. So some criticism is that he's not funny when he has to write the material uh, based on the special. Um, and okay. that like he's good at crowd work. The other criticism is that he's been speaking about how he doesn't like having a female fan base. And like one of the things he said that a lot of people are taking the wrong way or like is not sitting well with people is that yeah. he said because he's attractive, he has to work a lot harder because people don't listen to him because he's funny or something. It's interesting. Kim Kardashian says the same thing. Oh, does she? You know, she has oh, to I work can see really that. hard because she's so attractive. Yeah. Yeah. She's referenced like that. Oh, yeah. Before, like in the past. Yeah. Hmm. That's, I don't know. That'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Well, um, the, the thing is too, then you're going to have a whole bunch of people who go to watch it so that they can see what the controversy is about. I know. Which helps the ratings. Yeah. A lot of people have been posting clips on TikTok, so you don't have to watch the whole thing on Netflix. It's not sure helps. how illegal that is, but that's yeah, still it does. gonna Yeah, that's that's still gonna help because at the end of the day, like people will end up eventually engaging with his content somehow because the algorithm will mm -hmm. lead you <laughs> it'll even if you try to go a different direction, it'll steer you right back over <laughs> eventually. <laughs> and next thing you know, you're like, What just happened? I've now I've been watching Netflix for four days. What's happening? <laughs> The algorithm is going to algorithm. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's start to wrap it up. <laughs> I know. Man. We've officially surpassed we hit the two. two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But with editing, this probably will be shorter than two hours. One minute and 53, one hour and 53 minutes. <laughs> That's your guess? Yeah. My guess is 142. 142? You think we're going to cut out 20 minutes worth? I have no idea. I'm just throwing it out there with absolutely no reference to go by. Well, we'll see. We'll see what this ends up being. All right. We'll um, see what do happens. you have anything coming up on Help Me Understand? Uh, I I promise you that I'm not joking when I say this okay. at all. <laughs> uh, I'm ready. A, <laughs> it's coming up very much in the future. I will have somebody on who who completed 75 hard. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're doing a, a long, or I don't know if it's a long time ago. Um, in the past, I did an episode called 75 Days After 75 Hard and oh. at a conversation with my friend Taylor, who had done the mm -hmm. program. And um, one of my other friends just completed it not that long ago. So hmm. we're going to do a little bit of a waiting period. And then the experience, they talk about the experience, 75 after 75. It's like a little theme. Oh, um, cool. However, no, nothing, nothing specific coming up 
right now. Nothing specific at the moment. Okay. How about you? No. Yeah. Are you uh, are you planning to take a break or just going to kind of? We're taking each week as it comes. (laughs) That's that's totally that's totally fair. So you have you have not set your floor or your ceiling or is your floor zero for? Yeah, my floor would be zero, I guess. Okay. Well, I guess we'll have we'll still have this going though. Oh yeah. As far as I know, and this is a lot easier because I talk to someone. You know, like coming up with your own topics every week when you don't have a guest is like, oh, what what should I talk about to myself (laughs) for 20 minutes? Still not as difficult as walking on a treadmill facing a blank wall. True. I would would say that. that. So there you go. Well, maybe that's what you can do. You can just record it on your phone as you walk on the treadmill staring at a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Don't walk on the treadmill staring at the wall, though. That's fair. (laughs) okay all right well with that um i think that'll wrap it up you want to you want to take us out yeah if you don't already follow us on instagram at lifting running living pod you can also dm us tag us as you're listening uh interact with us or you can email us at lifting running living pod at gmail.com all right thank you once again folks for tuning in we appreciate it take care and uh, for those who do celebrate Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, because this will be out the day after. Yeah, yep. day happy after Black Thanksgiving. Happy Friday. Yeah. All right. Take <laughs> care, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.